Women Up Radio, designed to facilitate women's empowerment, improve your career, develop your talents, incorporate your passions, achieve fulfillment and success. Hello, this is Women Up Radio, supporting Empower Women, and today we're talking about authenticity. I'm joined in the studio by Kerry Wielden, who's the founder of the website Fab After 50. Welcome to the program. So, hello, Kerry. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for having me join you today. So, Kerry, tell me about your company. What is Fab After 50? Well, basically, Fab After 50 is an online magazine, website, and community for me sort of approaching 50 or over 50 who really want to make the second half of their lives the best half of their lives. And so we cover everything from, um, I guess, careers, health, fitness, general lifestyle issues, style, dating, empty nesting, you name it. But it really is there to inspire and inform women. Oh, it sounds wonderful. Excellent. Have a look. You'll find the link on the website so you can see it next to the, the radio broadcast. Okay, Kerry, can I start by asking you some questions about your views on authenticity? Basically, this, pro- sorry, this program is all about women's empowerment, Yep. And I know both you and I are very strong supporters of that, and particularly for the older women. However, recently I've heard a lot that seems to impact on our authenticity and not necessarily in the right way. Do you think that's a big problem? Well, I mean, I think it's so important in whatever we do and every single area of our life to be able to be ourselves. Um, I mean, you have so many issues now with people feeling as though they're having to conform to a stereotype, and that actually doesn't help the individual or ultimately any organization that they are working for. Yeah, exactly. And so with your experience as an international headhunter and also a woman who's worked very successfully in male-dominated fields, how did you manage to stay authentic? Well, I think first of all, I mean, just to reflect, obviously Fab After 50 is what I'm doing now, started as a hobby, but I've had nearly 30 years as an international headhunter. And at the time that I got into um, headhunting, and specifically in the niche markets that I worked in, it was very much male-dominated. And I know in the early years, I was put under tremendous pressure to be more like a man. And with the best women in the world, I don't look like a man, I don't act like a man, I don't stand like a man. And I really had to sort of stand my guns and sort of say, well, I can't be a man. What I can do is be the best headhunter I can be, but I'm also always going to be a woman. So I know, yeah. why try to hide that fact? Yeah. And um, how did so you find it, it helped you? I think it did help me, actually, because I think what we tend to have as women, I think we're, we're actually, I think, first of all, I have had a softer approach to my male colleagues. And I think being a woman, I was perhaps women were better geared towards building relationships with people, whether that was my clients or my candidates. Um, I think we can sort of, I guess, uh, create empathy perhaps more quickly than perhaps some of my male counterparts in the industry I was working in were able to do. I think also we were more prepared to listen. And I think being a woman, as most of my clients and candidates were men, I wasn't competing with them. Yes. So whereas I found with some of my male colleagues, if I'd even sort of had male consultants at some point, you know, working for me, they tended to compete with the people they were working with as opposed to actually providing a service to them. But yeah. my ego didn't really get in the way of that. So I think I was able to use being a woman to my advantage. And I think particularly in the early days when I was sort of just sort of developing my client base, 
because a lot of the initial contact was made over the phone, interestingly, I think the people I was phoning were mainly men, and inherently mm-hmm. they felt they had to be polite to a woman. So I'd get far further in my initial conversation with that being hung up on than my male colleagues that didn't really get much further than, than hello. I'm really, I'm absolutely convinced that in the early years, being a woman was, the most, was definitely for me an advantage. So what do you think it means in corporate terms? I think with it in corporate terms, I think it's um, doing your job, but also being able to shine as an individual. Mm-hmm. I think you can sort of show your personality, demonstrate your creativity, now, even if you have a, a quite a well-defined job description, if you can see a way that you think you can actually do your job better or add more value, don't be afraid to say so. Yeah. You know, give input. Be constructive. Um, show, you know, show that you can actually um, be a team player and collaborate with other colleagues in, um, you know, in a realistic way, and in a, you know, again, we use the word authentic way, rather than the work in a silo. Yes, because typically yep. we're not really designed to work as silos. No, we are. No, we are sort of just. We are sort of designed to sort of communicate and be sociable creatures. Yes, exactly. Yep. Okay, so how do you think that women can remain authentic and still manage to climb the career ladder? Because that can put quite a lot of pressure on from peers, from um, bosses, etc. So how can they do that and still give value? and bring in the results that are necessary to meet the corporate ideal? Well, I think if you look at the bigger picture, um, and being authentic, but also looking at what the corporate's bigger goals are, or what your department's bigger goals are, or your immediate boss's bigger goals are, and be the person who, in your own way, can help facilitate that success and be noticed for that. Um, and I think, again, if you can sort of come up with new ideas, which perhaps are based on your own personal experience, your own thoughts on doing things, back them up with concrete examples as to why you think they would work. Um, you know, push yourself forward, but in a positive, constructive way. I mean, I, I saw a fabulous film um, well, just a week or two ago called Hidden Figures. If you want to see how somebody's authentic and actually make a difference, I would suggest anybody goes and watches that. That's about three female uh, mathematicians, uh, actually um, coloured ladies in the 1960s who had incredible prejudice to overcome but really were able to make a difference in the NASA space programme by being good at what they did, by actually being focused in what they wanted to do, by being responsible and accountable for how they themselves got there and by being themselves. Oh, right. That sounds no, like it's an excellent example. People, they want to see how, you know, how to do it. That's a good example of, you know, yeah. of you know, terrific ways of doing it. Yeah, and that sounds that it's not restricting authenticity just to the corporate world. Uh, it sounds like that's definitely moving into other fields as well. Have you any other examples that you can give us? Um, yes, I can actually. In fact, funny enough, it's also sort of uh, space related. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting um, one of the NASA astronauts um, a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, actually, he was a Challenger pilot, uh, John McBride. Yeah. And he actually took um, two women on his mission into space. One of those was Sally Ride, and yeah. the other one was Catherine D. Sullivan. In fact, Catherine D. Sullivan was the first woman to walk in space, and, and Sally Ride was the first woman, uh, American woman, to go into space. Really? And both of those people were obviously very keen on, on science and had excellent credentials, but they also knew what they wanted to do. But they didn't let the fact they were women be a barrier. And in fact, John said, if you, if you think about space, he said, in traditional 
employment you know, years ago, it was physical strength that really mattered. Where if you look at gravity, gravity was a great leveler. You didn't need gravity to be successful in space. It was what was between the ears that mattered. Yeah. So if people yeah. could be themselves without having to prove any sort of strong male characteristics or, or physical dominance, yeah. and they could still be successful and achieve their goals. And, in fact, in the conversation I had with, um, with John McBride, he was saying, if you look at gravity in space, it's very similar, really, to, like, sort of the Internet now. We don't need physical strength to actually be successful if we're using yeah. the Internet as a tool and technology as tools to help us. So, really, we, we have no barriers to being successful now in that yeah. sense. Do you think this changes as women get older? In, well, in terms of being authentic, Yes. I think, well, again, I think that's a big one because there's this whole thing about ageism in the workplace. But I think what we can do is use, again, use our age to our advantage because we may not have youth on our side, but we still have enthusiasm. And certainly what we can do is, de- is demonstrate our experience in many different aspects um, of our lives and in the workplace and also play on our strengths of actually communicating across the generations dealing with all sorts of um, situations of um, crisis in the workplace. We, you know, we've, we've lived through recessions. We've, you know, we've, uh-huh. so we've lived through the good times and the bad, and we can bring all that experience to play. And that, yes. again, helps to build our authenticity. Yes. Personally, um, I always find that working with older people is a pleasure because they don't try to pretend they're something they're not. They're very down to earth. They know what they want. They know what they still want to do and they've got so much more confidence and adaptability mm-hmm. that it just makes it so natural it's it's wonderful and so much experience but anyway that's me on my hobby horse about older women and well older people not just women older people being excellent to work with Women Up Radio designed to facilitate women's empowerment improve your career Develop your talents, incorporate your passions, achieve fulfillment and success. So moving on from that, what about people investing in themselves? I know a lot of people are very interested in doing this, but practically they're just not sure how to go about it. Have you got any suggestions you can make? Um, well, yes, I've got um, quite a few, really, and I think it comes in, in many different forms. There are courses you can take, but one good starting point is to pick out some successful people that you admire in the business world and even just read their biographies, mm-hmm. see how they learned and how they were inspired and how they learned to do things. Um, and then also look at, where the, um, look at where the gaps are in, in terms of both the role you're doing now and what you want to do next. And are those gaps that could be filled you know, by collaborating with somebody, or are those gaps things that you should really look to actually address in your own skill set? Yeah. If that's the case, there's, I mean, there are lots of courses. You've got the online courses that you can take. Um, there's so many online courses now. Um, but also you can you know, contact local colleges, local business schools, all different sorts of programs. And it's really finding the one that suits your style of learning best and fits in with your schedule. Yes, I would say with that, with the experts, a lot of people who are online experts, I would definitely check them out. So if somebody's offering a course online, make sure they're not an expert just in marketing courses. There are actually experts in the field that they're teaching the course on. Because I've seen yes. many courses out there which are quite, quite highly priced where the expertise of the instructor or the tutor or the coach really isn't, I think, up to scratch in terms of what they're delivering in, in content. 
yeah, it's just been very well marketed so that it looks wonderful, but mm-hmm. then it's not well backed up. No, so, it's only substance. And look at their own profiles on things like LinkedIn. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're talking about, oh, I have this, you know, as for instance, um, if they're saying they're experts in social media, look at their own social media accounts. How many followers do they have? If yeah. they're saying they're, they're great at sort of um, helping you put your personal branding together and get that out on YouTube, check their own YouTube hits on their own channel. Don't just take their word for it because that's yes. going to certainly give you a picture. Yes. And um, what type of courses do you think offer the most opportunity for women? Do you think oh. there's anything specifically that can help them? I'm not sure there's anything specific. I think anything that feels, well, I think it depends what profession that you're in and what skills yeah. you need to, to keep you there and take yeah. you to that next level and maintain your marketability. I think, yeah. any, I think really any course that you can take, we perhaps you'd also meet with or engage with other women in the same profession or in the field that you want to excel in where you can yeah. learn from each other and support each other is good. Yes. But if yeah. a specific course, it really depends what, what you're doing. Yeah, okay. And also, still talking about courses, I know many employees think that it's the employer that should be paying. Obviously, if you're an entrepreneur, it's a completely different case. But Mm -hmm. if somebody is employed, do you think they should expect the employer to pay? Or do you think that there are other options or something that's more positive? Well, I think perhaps you could perhaps suggest you know, an annual appraisal when it's determined what you may need when discussion with your, you know, doing your appraisal in terms of what you should be doing next in the next 12 months. That mm-hmm. maybe courses there and other opportunities to be funded. But if not, I think you have to take responsibility for yourself. Ultimately, during your career, you are a brand you. And it's yeah. down to you to make sure that you have the skills, that you are marketable, and you do get that recognition for what you do. And if that mm-hmm. means funding your own courses... That's what you need to do. Yes. Ultimately, yep. I, I know it really is down to personal, I, I believe, down to personal accountability. Yes, I agree. Um, I think whatever we want to do, we need to take responsibility for ourselves for making it happen because you know, I, I it's fulfilling it our future. In the early days in recruitment, it was very, in the early days of, um, of IT recruitment, I knew nothing about IT. I could see that was going to be the biggest growing segment where I, where I was living at the time. And so I enrolled on a university course and just did um, IT for management modules. And at least then I could speak the language with the clients that I was working with. I didn't ever have to be a programmer. I would have been the worst programmer ever. But I could then (laughs) understand how IT fitted into their businesses. And they did go through, they went through all the various, at that time it was mainframes and the main things that people were recruiting for. But but in, in going through that course, it gave me a base on which to build, and as technology moved on, I only had to learn the next element of it. Yep. But I found that myself. Yes, I think it's definitely worth it. I know I've done constant ongoing training myself for subjects that I've been interested in and that I felt that I can give more to it because something that you're interested in, that you're curious about, I think you learn more and you use it better in the future. So. Okay, do you have any other ways um, that you can recommend for investing in ourselves? I'm I'm just thinking that with all the women that you must meet through Fab After 50 Mm -hmm. and also the radio and the TV interviews that you do and everything that you do in the press, you must have come across some women who've got really great examples of how they've invested in themselves, what's happened, how they've developed their future. Well, I think one of the things those women all have is they all seem to have a strong outside interest outside of work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and also, one of the things I would say in terms of investing yourself, invested in yourself, in order to be successful at work, you do have to have that balance in your life and take time out. And then you're looking at keeping yourself you know, healthy, um, you know, healthy in terms of your nutrition and your exercise. Yes. But, yeah. for instance, um, there's one fascinating lady that um, I interviewed for the website, and her passion was horses. Yes. And in herself was taking time out with her horses. And she looked after friends' horses. And in fact she um created an ointment for the horses which, you know, perhaps, you know, bumped themselves or whatever. And then yes. friends were coming and they she was giving the friends the pots of the cream for their horses. And then they were saying, Have you got any more cream? She said, What's your horse done? And it was nothing. They'd actually be using it on themselves. And they really? these creams that she, the ointment she created for the horses out of you know, various you know, herbs and things, they felt were, were great as natural skincare products. And she ended up creating a whole skincare range, which is now very, very popular in Japan. Really? And it came out of caring for herself by taking time out and actually caring yes. for her horses. And she'd never had any intention ever of having a skincare range. Oh, how wonderful. I know, but it just shows how something can actually come yeah. out of a hobby. Yes, and there was yes. somebody else that I met with, and her passion was photography as a hobby. She's yes. now actually taking photographs for book covers. Really? Mm. And she oh, also likes to make, um, she was very keen on, on sewing, and she used to make costumes for, I guess, kiddies' events and things. Yes. And now she's also, as part of her book cover, um, portfolio. She you know, she creates the costumes for uh, period novels and takes photographs. Oh, that sounds just fascinating! That taking time out for yourself and really being passionate about a hobby that can actually later in life perhaps turn into a career. Yeah, and it shows how much creativity can really lead to other things. Huh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay, so do you have any last tips that we can give to our listeners? Um, I would think, actually, there's something that one of my clients once said to me. In terms of being authentic, I would say, it's A, always be yourself. But don't just sit there and try to tweak what's already there and try to do things slightly better. Sometimes you have to do better things, and don't be afraid to put your hand up and say that. Yeah, For those okay. people that are going to take an organization forward. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, so I'd like to thank my guest, Kerry Wielden, the founder of Fab After 50. Kerry, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for having me join you today. Um, And you have so many great ideas and, and really interesting information. I hope that you'll be prepared to join me as a co-host on some of the shows in the future, oh, as I think you'd be a great asset. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much. And, and also, and I would love also at some point for you to share more, because I know we've had you know, discussions apart outside of the show where you can yes. also share your path to you know, what even prompted you to set up this radio show. I mean, that, that would be terrific for the, um, the listeners to know. Yeah, okay. People. It'll be lovely speaking to you about that. I'm Anna Letitia Cook, and you've been listening to us here at Women Up Radio. I'd also like to thank Meryl Guzel and Laura Martinez of UN Women's Empower Women for all the wonderful work they do to advance the case for women's equality today. And this week and next, there's actually some very interesting events that are happening with Empower Women. It's the Commission on the Status of Women at UN Women. You might be interested in that. It's a week long. You can find the information on their website, unwomen.org. 
but basically the main themes are women's economic empowerment in the changing world of work, also challenges and achievements in the implementation of the Millennial Development Goals for women and girls, um, and lastly, the empowerment of Indigenous women. So it sounds like it's going to be a very interesting commission all about the status of women and the progress they're happening. So do check out that info on the website. Okay, I'd like to finish by saying a big thank you to all of you. I hope you've enjoyed hearing us, and I hope we've managed to shine the light on developing a little bit more authenticity for you in your life. Thank you, and see you next week. Women Up Radio, designed to facilitate women's empowerment, improve your career, develop your talents, incorporate your passions, achieve fulfillment and success.